1: When children love learning, they can tackle any challenge life throws at them. Sylvan's Insight Assessment can help you determine if your child is ready for what's ahead. It can also identify gaps in learning and point out areas that could be of concern for your child so they can tackle what's to come. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com.
0: What you're about to hear is an unscripted, one-time counseling session focused on work. For the purposes of maintaining confidentiality, names, employers, and other identifiable characteristics have been removed. But their voices and their stories are real.
2: He's been the bartender. She's been the boss. He's been more than the bartender. He's been the loyal manager of the bar. And for the first time, they are going to partner together and open a taqueria, which they hope will become the beginning of a chain of successful taquerias. For the last few years, she's had other partners, primarily family members. And perhaps this is why she never discussed equity, responsibilities. And so she would like to do it differently this time. And so with this new business partner, she hopes to have a clear sense of who does what, when and
3: how. I just, I feel continually undermined. The job has always been that place where I've been needed and I feel important. A lot of the people that work for me are like an extension of my family. There's no doubt that your emotional and relational diary comes with you to work.
2: Imagine going to work every day in a really busy place and no one will make eye contact with you.
0: I mean, it feels like a breakup.
2: It doesn't feel. It <laughs> is. <laughs> so, how's work?
3: You know, I've had work partnerships in the past that weren't really, like, talk through because I didn't know that I had to, and now they're really difficult. They're still active. They're still active, and they're a mess. From the beginning, we didn't have like really good, clear communication about what we wanted, what was expected. There wasn't a clear agreement. Ex-husbands. It's. A family member. It's a family
2: member. But they're like ex-husbands in the sense that you have an (laughs) ex-husband with whom you had kids and you have to continue to raise those children. Yes, yes. and You're right. right? Something like that. Yeah,
3: Yeah, I have an ex-husband. So, you know, know, we are building this new partnership for this new business and we have a friendship. We've worked together. Um, But I know that we need to do some work in terms of What is agreed? What is the expectation? Like, what's this commitment going to look like? Because it's going to change so much that if it's not cleared from the beginning, uh, once we get working, it's just going to be head down working. Mm -hmm. Because that's the nature Mm -hmm. of the Mm -hmm. industry that we are in. And you have ex-wives?
4: No. I have... (laughs) (laughs) have Real ones
3: and metaphorical
2: ones.
4: Yeah, metaphorically, I have... (laughs) I have a city full of ex-wives
2: here. (laughs) Right, but meaning, for me, the ex is also, when you sit in this new partnership and you talk about expectations, it is my sense that our expectations in any new relationship are often influenced by the relationships that we had before. The good ones, the less good ones, and the god-awful ones. Mm -hmm. What would you say is the, some of the history?
3: Um, uh, so I grew up, grew up with my mother. You grew up in the U.S.? Or? I grew up in Colombia. In Colombia. So I grew up in Colombia with my mom and my sister. And dad had another family. Um, and then I moved to the States when I was 17. Sola or con la familia? Sola. Yeah. I came, I had family here, like I had an uncle and an aunt. Mm-hmm. And that uncle is my partner. That I'm dealing with at the moment. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's a lot of like history, father-like history. He's the with brother him. of my father. Yeah,
2: that matters
3: too. I would imagine that it <laughs> matters. <laughs> it matters. <laughs> but so yeah, you know, when I arrived here at 17, he he has really been a very influential person in my life, and for a long time I said that he was like my father, and at first, when we first opened this business, I really— And that was what? That restaurant. was the restaurant. Okay. okay. And I was the working partner, so I just kind of like dove in into that work head-on and worked really, really hard for a long, long time, not really knowing what was expected. And I had two little children, and I was married at the time. It was, it was a lot of effort and, like, energy out all the time and he wasn't even around. We said we were gonna have this partnership, got the loan, got the thing started, and like midway through, he said, I have to move back to Colombia because I'm in love with this woman and I need to marry her. So we didn't even open, he wasn't even around.
2: You did open, but by yourself.
3: Yeah. So the restaurant still runs. Yeah.
2: And it's a successful restaurant.
3: It is. Like, it's been up and down, up and down, and a lot of it is because I've been learning as we do. Because he wasn't around to teach me Did you think you would give up when he left? No. that wasn't even an option. (laughs) That wasn't even an option.
2: I have this idea that you could either be really pissed at him because he left Mm -hmm. midway, or you could, in some weird way, almost appreciate the fact that he's finally out of your way and you don't have to deal with him because he's anyway not particularly helpful.
3: Mm-hmm. And therefore,
2: you can just do your own thing.
3: So I think I've, I've felt both. I think i felt, I think at the time I didn't know it. But I, I've always said that one of the biggest blessings was the fact that I was able to do things my way, even though it was really hard because I had to learn them on my own. But I got to do them my way. But I think for a while I was still like quietly resentful. Because he left, you know, and I felt like he abandoned me. Like your father. Yes, absolutely. Mm-hmm.
2: And he may be man number whatever mm-hmm. in partnership. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This one here, right? And so part of your legacy is all these men leave. Yeah. The day they fall in love with somebody, they leave. Yeah. They don't even, they leave for, for love. This is a, yeah. <laughs> it's like
3: right. a Latin soap opera. <laughs> Uh, Novela, right. <laughs> and that it's played out in my intimate relationships too.
2: They promise you the moon and then they vanish.
3: Yeah, that period of abandonment, for
2: sure. She understands that her uncle, which is her business partner in the restaurant, and who was here when she arrived to the US is the father that she never had. And now she also understands that the uncle, alias business partner, who defects and leaves suddenly in the middle of the job, also is reminiscent of the father who abandoned her. In both cases, she felt the loneliness of the abandonment, but also the freedom and the self-determination that came with it. He's 50-50 with you? He's 50-50. And you've been doing 100% of the work for 10 years, 12 years? For 12 years.
3: Well, he's 50-50. Yeah. This is a conversation we need to have. We? Like, he and I need to have. And what stops you from having that conversation? Well, I I try to start... So I started this conversation three years ago. It's like, hey, can we... Can we figure this out? Because I'm not feeling like I can continue to do this. Can Mm -hmm. you give me that? Mm -hmm. And it's hard. It's hard to bring him to the table to have a conversation. It's really emotional. For? For me. I feel like I, I cannot have a strong argument around him. How young do you become? I don't know. I feel like he... He knows how to like manipulate me emotionally and I can't really like state my ground, like say, hey, this is not okay. I really feel really vulnerable around him. Because he was good to you when you arrived here? Yeah. And because we've shared some really hard things together. There is a history of this in our family, of like working together and people taking advantage of each other and then like big fights Family split, nobody talks. Everybody's in a camp. So I was like, I don't want to do that. And we're, we're doing it. But this dynamic of working with the
2: family members, mm-hmm. uncles, aunts, siblings, by definition, if you have, you know, if you, ha- if you have a business partner that is not a family member and the business breaks up or the partnership breaks up, You didn't have other attachments often to that person. When you have those kinds of breakups with family members, you don't only lose your business partner, you lose the uncle who was there when you arrived, who was your father figure, who has been invested with all kinds of other... emotional meanings, and therefore you can't really treat him like you would have treated someone else because he was once so important, and if you cut him off, then you cut off a part of your childhood and your history. Everything is mixed. At the same time, because everything is mixed, people allow themselves to treat their family members in ways that they would never treat somebody who was outside of the family. Because I gave you, therefore I deserve, and I was there, and you don't, I mean more than just this. So that's one thing this time that you don't have. It is. Does he know the risk you take? Not the business risk you take. The emotional risk
4: you take. Do you think that you know? I think so. I mean, I I think that... You know, I've learned your story and I've been witness to a lot of this. Like nothing that is being revealed right now is a surprise to me.
3: Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't think that you would leave.
4: Right, I mean, I think that's kind of where why we are where we are is I I came in and I gave full commitment from the mm-hmm. beginning. Trust was a step was given and earned and all of that and it's kind of maintained. And I think that that's why this is even a possibility. So I
3: think that for me, the way that I see this as being successful is if we can create this thing and have sort of like a template that can be replicated. But if we do what we've done in the previous things that we've done, like that is gonna be really hard. That's why I'm always telling you, like, you know, like we really need to have a structure and a system, because we we can't like tie ourselves so intimately into what we're gonna do. Right. Because then we'll never have the trust that somebody else is gonna be able to do it as good as we do. And there's no way that we can grow. Are we really thinking like big picture with this? Like with this because I'm actually a little worried that this is not going to be enough income for you to live. Right. Is this going to be enough? Like, his plans for, like, getting married and, like, the family thing. Like, is it going to be enough? Like, and can we get out of the way to think that way? Let
2: me just ask you something. There's a moment every time you describe the past where a surge of sadness appears. What is it that you're touching on?
3: I wonder what it is. (laughs) I don't know. I think that it's because, uh, you know, like work has been, 12 years is a long time. And, uh, you know, I'm not married in part because of work anymore. So I feel like that was like a failure that I had in my life. But I think for me, things have shifted where that energy that I had at the beginning, like that is not there anymore. It's really not. But you're also
2: telling me that the men leave the business because they fall in love and they have more important things to do while you stay working. And you just told him that you want to make sure that he's got enough income this year so that he can marry.
3: Well, because I know that's something that you want to do.
2: (laughs) Yes, but basically you're left thinking, I'm the one working while the men follow their hearts. You didn't say that. Hmm. I just heard that. I mean, I sense you, on the one hand, super excited about this new venture and at the same time, There's a way in which you would like to do it differently. Yeah, for sure. And then there's a way in which this applies to him. That's the conversation that you just started.
3: Yeah. um, Well, I think that differently, I mean, we have this idea, but we don't have to do all of it just us, you know, which is what I did when we first opened the restaurant. And I think when I did that, I really sacrificed a lot of things. Um, And maybe that's the sadness that it's there, you know? That there was so much that was put on hold because I felt like I didn't have a choice. Like, this is something that I had to make work, whether I knew how to do it or not.
2: And a part of what you're talking about is how do I how do I do a new business venture that still gives me room to also pursue my personal life?
3: Yes, but not just for myself, but for this partner too. Because I know that that is important. So you're now protective of his upcoming marriage too.
2: (laughs) Did I just hear that? That's what I'm hearing. (laughs) (laughs) I saw your face.
4: And just to be clear, (laughs) there's no upcoming marriage. There's also not no, no upcoming marriage, but...
2: I think it's... Meaning you know the price of sacrifice. Yes. And you're trying to tell him, I've already gone through this. I have more experience and I'm older than you. And I know what it's like to to throw yourself and do, as you just said, I would throw myself full.
3: Yeah. Because... And I've seen it. It's a high price to pay. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's what it is. And I think, you know, that... I just think that is unsustainable because I experienced it in a lot of levels. That
4: so, what
2: are some of the most important learnings for you that you want to make sure?
4: I feel like you take with you. I feel like for the lifestyles that we want, where we're a little bit more removed, it's like what we're trying to do with this new business is create something that is a business, not a job, not a not a everyday hustle. It's a it's a thing that kind of lives and breathes and. You know, kind of runs itself. Yeah. Um,
3: I, you know, I think one of one concern that I have is that you know, you and I both like really like identify with what we do, like as a like a, an identity, like like we live and breathe and all of that. And I know that for a long time, when I was doing that at work. Um, it just, you know, it, it got to the point where it was really exhausting.
4: Mm. I mean, literally, you know, I wear the brand mm-hmm. on my body at all times kind of thing, and I d- identify with that. So the success of the brand is my success. Not the, not the financial success of the business so much as it is the perception of perception of, the of business. success, yeah. Yeah, the perception of success is yeah. something that's really valuable to me, and I think it probably stems from you know my pursuit of of ventures that were alternative to my my family and I wanted to say like look I can be different and still be a success and success looks like this um, and I guess
2: and I haven't sold my soul right. and I'm still an artist and I didn't just <laughs> become a business guy right. that pursues the money exactly and all of that is in there too right? absolutely
4: what's your girlfriend's view on the whole thing she I think she's supportive in that she wants to be supportive she has a much more nine-to-five um, you know straight lace gig and you know this my work and my passion pulls me away from her and
2: um, and you work with another woman
4: right and I work and with. so another how woman. does all of that and another woman that has a lot in common with me in all of those th- ways that my girlfriend it's a little bit of a foreign language to her and I try to do kind of the bare minimum to keep her satisfied as far as being a part of that but a lot of times she's kind of a, a, a bystander more than she is an active part of it She comes she supports events she is there and she's lovely and people love her and to be around her but you know she she'll tune out when I start talking talking about you know, spirits and cocktails and ingredients and things like that—it's—it's—it's it's, it's foreign. And the same way that I am with—with with what she does. Unless you
2: serve her one,
4: right? Unless she's happy when I serve her one, uh, she does. She does appreciate that. Do you feel attention there? I do. Yeah, I do. Um, even on this trip, I'm out in New York, eating, drinking, having a good time with someone that's not her. We don't get a ton of time away from work, and so you know, I do feel like there's. She's definitely jealous of this situation right now, because she doesn't understand it, and I'm away. And I, I usually explain my life to people as you know, I've I've got 90 percent of it is work that I love, and so I'm 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 happy to do ninety percent of it, and then the other ten percent I have to divide that time between my family, my friends, her, you know, everybody gets that sliver. And I give it fully. Um, but that means that everybody's left with two and a half percent. You know, the, a lot of the most important <laughs> people in my life are left with this This one.
3: is how meticulous he is.
4: <laughs> but I think about it all the time. And, and I, they're all hungry. They're all hungry. And I and that's what I, I've got to find the balance in because the only way to get out of that, you know, I'm I am looking at the future. I would like to get married. I would like to have a family and I have no idea what that looks like with a person that gives 90% of their time to this other thing. Doesn't look good. That's why, I'm, you know, that's why I'm 36 and haven't been married. Because uh, I've chosen myself or whatever it is.
3: Well, and, and I think the reason why I'm always bringing this up is because I had to make that choice for myself at some point. It's like, okay, we are open these many days. And then I have my kids these many days. So how do I make my schedule work? So I can actually be present for my kids. Because if I am not, somebody else is going to have to. And then my relationship with them is not going to be what I would like for it to be. But I had to make that choice. And I think I didn't make that choice earlier when I was married and I chose work. So So you see him and you say, been there, done that? Yeah, I think so. Do you have a personal life?
2: I, I, I try to have a personal life, yeah. But it's taking. and they get two and a half percent?
4: or they get some more. <laughs> it's more like you know, like eight percent.
3: So whenever I meet somebody, <laughs> I say, I have my kids Sunday through Thursday, so like I don't compromise that time with them. And then I have Thursdays for myself. So Thursday's available, and then I work the weekends. So that's I work. Thursday sounds good to you?
4: <laughs> it doesn't?
3: Okay. Well, see you next week. Yeah.
2: That's that's her, sort of like how it is. <laughs> it's a bit ironic when I ask her if she has a personal life that she basically parses out the seven days of the week and her day of rest is Thursday, which is the day for the boyfriend, and that that would amount to a personal life. Then, of course, there are the children, and they are part of her personal life, Sunday to Thursday. So there is the mother, there is the businesswoman, and
3: there is a sliver for the woman. Yeah, so it's not, it's not, it's going okay, I guess.
4: But that's also kind of this, well, I don't know, maybe we've just gotten beaten down to think that's part <laughs> of this industry, but, you know, the way I view it is this, like, I never interfere and I, I, with my girlfriend's life I am proud of her, and and any opportunity that she gets to feel valued, to travel, to do anything, I never say, wait, 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 ever. It's great. Go. Do. Live. I want her to have every experience that she can, and what I want in return is the same thing that if I get an opportunity to travel to New York to eat a bunch of great food, I want immediately that to be like, oh, wow, awesome, good for you. It never feels that way for me. And I want to feel like we're cheering each other on and, and moving forward. Except that you are very clear when you say
2: 90% of me goes to work. Right. And then within those 10%, she gets two. Mm-hmm. So when you say, I'm going to do one more thing, it's, very, it's not easy for her to say, oh, go, go ahead. Have a great time. Enjoy. Because most of these things are not about her or with her. Right. And, I, and how many years has she been accepting this or living with this?
4: She's, uh, we've been together for two and a half years.
2: And there's no, no end in sight because you're about to start another business. Right. No, she's not happy. Right. It's a kind of a no-brainer. It is very hard to sustain relationships in the midst of this. So, uh, she's been very patient. She has. And instead of saying to her, I don't get your support, from where she comes, she's done but that. Right. She's been quite generous. And may I say, I guess you give what did you say? There's nothing I won't do. Yes, 20 hours of me fully giving. I would venture to say that the best of you goes into the business and the leftovers come home. That's true. You know, the quality of your conversations here when you discuss pricing and aesthetics and and locations and all of that stuff you're engaged you're present you're focused you're interested when you go home you probably want to chill right
4: and i think i, I defend that by saying i've i have as i've gotten older i've been very clear with people that i meet and saying this is who i am and i know that that i know that that doesn't mean a whole lot but i i'd like to think that this she's is attractive who i am
2: That this is what well, no, she can't be attracted to the guy who is gone right. most of the time, six to seven days a week, and then comes home exhausted. Is, right. What's attractive about it?
4: You're right, nothing. Sorry. <laughs> right. I
2: mean, that's one piece. This, you know, uh, it's amazing she's waiting for two and a half years because, seriously, you're not, you're not giving there for good reasons and maybe you, you you choose not to at this moment but you need to be aware of that you can't pretend that she gets something really special for which she should be willing to let you be gone right you know seven days a week number two is the two of you are aware that because there's the artist in you and because there is a certain uh attachment to the businesses in which you feel very much like they reflect you there's a part of you that has often favored how it looks more than what bill it pays and that doesn't mean you haven't paid the bills because you wouldn't be holding a restaurant for 12 years you're doing fine but that when you make choices you often will make aesthetic choices what they call brand choices more than revenue choices i would
4: say definitely that's more me than you i feel like you're more more practical you've learned you've I just had to
3: learn
2: yeah you learned okay.
4: so this difference
3: is useful
2: you can fight over it or have tensions over it but in fact it's useful because she will think over the stuff you don't think about and you will think over the stuff that she may still value but doesn't allow herself to think about and so it becomes it could become really complementary if you make it work well, right,
4: mm-hmm.
2: and it's not always a cutting it in the middle. Mm. You know, in hospitality, I am sure that this is a, a trade all the time, back and forth. It is. How much it costs, how it looks, how it tastes, etc. I mean, this is the essence, one of the essence. It's of like a balancing uh, act. Yeah, right? like you're always there. Do you ever consider, uh, you know, joining organizations where you can get input? There are There's a lot of experience out there and a lot of what you have had to learn, you have learned alone.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: You figured it out and that works up to a point. There's a certain growth that you want to have now that demands you talking to people who've done things like that. Yeah. You'll take what you want and you leave other stuff, but it looks like you need more than just the two of you. Like mentoring. Yes. Yeah. Yes, that don't have to be necessarily specifically in your industry. Right. You, you need both. Those who are doing what you do and therefore know the specifics of that, but also those who are doing other things but have grown things, have scaled things. Yeah, I think scaling is really... And I'll tell you one thing just on this one. The amount of these organizations who are looking for women entrepreneurs, you, they will all have open doors. They want women. And then on top of it, Foreign women or immigrant women, you've got everything on the cachet. (laughs) Sorry, dude. (laughs) The status goes to her for this one.
1: (laughs) Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity. But giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Happy price Go to your happy price price line
2: They have both touched upon various other aspects of this business partnership. But the one that is glaringly present that I see the entire time I'm talking to them is the fact that here is a immigrant Latina woman and a white American man, younger, and that that complementarity must play a role in why they are together or how they are together and how people view them and how the divisions of roles will be distributed because of the intersection with the particular backgrounds that they bring. And it influences the way that they can relate and speak to their employees. The ones that are in the front of the restaurant, the ones that are in the back, the ones that clean the tables and the ones that are at the sink washing the dishes. What's your attitude towards your employees? How do you, how,
4: how similar, different? Oh, I, I think I'm, I love and respect where she comes from because I've learned it, a lot of it from her. Um, she gives everything she can. It's her mission to make you know, to, to provide a safe and friendly work environment, like all the all the goodness that you can put there is something that's very important to her and it's something that I've witnessed and, and that I value. You have loyal door.
3: people? Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, very loyal. People stay. Yeah. For the most part. We have a really strong core of employees. I, I think for me, um, a lot of the people that work for me are like an extension of my family. So our relationship just, it doesn't stop at work. Um, it's, it's a lot more energy and a lot more investment, but I feel like it just makes work so much more uh, gratifying for me, because we spend so much time together. Do you have a feeling that the, the staff listens
2: more
4: to her? Uh, probably. Our existing staff, you know, I'm a manager, she's an owner. And so it's always the buck stops with her. Um, With the kitchen, who's mainly Spanish speaking. um. You must learn Spanish. (laughs) Yeah. You must learn
2: Spanish. If you're going to be in this business with her doing, you know, masa and tacos, you have to learn Spanish. Right. Like you've learned the language of cocktails. Right. You have to learn the language of Spanish. <laughs> Am I the
4: first one to tell you that? <laughs> no, it's something that I've, I've <laughs> wanted, for, but I've never put the time. It's like it's, I've chosen to spend the 90% on things. Well,
2: the 90% you can tell every employee to start only talking to you. <laughs> You'll Spanish. see how quick this is going to go. How do you think she learned English? Right. <laughs> She yeah. was thrown in here. Did you speak any of this
3: before you came? Uh, some? I, I knew some, yeah. I knew yeah. some English, yeah. Oh.
4: She's still learning. I have a teacher.
3: <laughs> <Right>. Well, <laughs> it's a two-way street.
2: <laughs>
0: Absolutely.
2: <laughs> if you don't, there will always be a barrier. Not that you can't do it, but there will always be a barrier.
3: And you could totally do it.
2: Well, because then, when something really important has to be explained, she will have to step in to come and explain it. Talking
3: back kitchen now. I, th- I think a lot of the listening for the staff, and I think you know this is something important for us to consider as we move into hiring new staff for this place. Is that a lot of their listening of you is that you are a white man? And if we're gonna hire like Latin American staff, they're gonna listen to you from that place, and that's something sometimes that is a challenge.
4: I mean, not. We. I mean, we've talked about it a little bit, but there, there's always, even if there's respect and understanding and compassion, I can't change the fact that I'm a, a white man, mm-hmm. and that 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 is gonna filter. Everything, yeah, they're listening and, yeah. And, and all of that.
2: You have a lot on your mind on this um,
3: one. Well, yeah, I was just thinking that, like, it just came up. Like, is that one of the reasons why you want to be partners with me? <laughs> because I can facilitate that, those conversations and those relationships?
4: Oh, I mean, I think it, it it's a big part of that yin-yang kind mm-hmm. of situation, you know, you've made me, you've been a a major part of how I've fallen in love with Latin American culture and flavors and all of that stuff, and you know that it's a genuine love, Mm -hmm. that Mm -hmm. I'm really connected to it, but you give validity to that, and so that's why I think that this makes a good partnership.
3: That I'm bringing, like, the authenticity to it. Yeah, you
4: bring all, (laughs) and hey, when the police are called, you call me, you're you're a white guy. Yeah, you in business with me because I'm a white guy?
2: (laughs) Let me ask you something. Given that we are here and that there are things that you want to discuss, let's use this place to discuss some of these things that you have wanted but have not brought up to each other. Mm
4: -hmm. Does anything come to
2: mind for you? I know that discussing the partnership agreement was a request that she wanted to address in this session. But so far we have talked about a lot of things and we have yet to touch the partnership agreement. So we transition to this tough moment where we discuss facts, figures, and numbers.
3: I think that I, I think we need to sit down and have a operational, you know, like a, an agreement on how is it gonna be. Down literally. to like the little, yeah, like literally. This is how the money is divided. This is how the work is divided. And when this happens, this is how we're going to deal with it. Like that clear. Like right. nothing we else. You don't have an operation agreement right so. now. We don't, and I don't have one with my other partner.
4: And so we. And this isn't the first time we've had the, the conversation. But just like so many other things. It's like it can be on a to do list, but you know, the business is going to open in two months. And if we haven't had it done, then everything else is going to get in the way. And and we're not, we don't want to be nitpicky and cold when it comes to, you know, a 50 50 on paper is one thing, a 50 50 emotionally is a different thing. Um, I am nervous of, once we get down to those, the nitty gritty that it's gonna become an offensive thing. Like, or it be totally difficult, hear, but, yeah. you know oh, what I'm saying? Mm-hmm.
2: It will become a less relational thing, it's, it's a contract. And a contract will have things for when things don't work out, not when they work out and you don't need the contract. Mm. And a contract will not show all the warmth and the love. That's not what the contract is for. The contract is actually for, for in some way for, when, if the relationship was falling apart, but you need one. You're avoiding it because because it it's all about the numbers and less about who we've been for each other and what we've given each other. No, that that's a
3: separate story. But yeah, but it's a necessary one, I think.
4: It is, and I think for me, I know that accolades are something that rarely interests you, and. I think for me, something that I want is to reestablish myself as your partner in this and not your, the, the vice president. And so I feel like as long as we go into this partnership saying, you know, this is us, it's not you, it's not me, it's us and it's always us. And as long as we just stay true to that, That's one of one of my fears because of the your perception already in the town
2: Because how long am I going to stay the devoted boy of
4: mrs. Such-and-such, right? And and that's the perception because I know what our relationship is She knows what our relationship is but It's important to me that it's clear to everyone not from a not from a status standpoint but just because a you sure there's no
2: status involved
4: oh no, no it's okay I, no, no no there there is status involved i shouldn't say you, you both no have status.
2: a way of underplaying the stuff that matters to you because the, <laughs> the status, because the the brand and the picture and the image and the, the it matters to her she just doesn't say it out loud in case it won't happen she will be less disappointed but of course it matters to
4: her that's fair I definitely... I, I, yeah. And status
2: matters to you. Absolutely. How many years are you going to be number two? Right. And that needs to change. You need to be able to both be more honest about that together. There's nothing shameful about it.
3: Right.
4: Um.
3: <laughs> what? No, I'm just thinking about what you said. I think this honesty thing is a hard thing for me. Yeah, I don't want to justify it as like a survival thing, but... I think that's what I strive for in this partnership. I want to be able to be honest.
4: Me too. I want to be honest too, because I feel like- Define
3: it.
2: (laughs) I want to feel a true partnership. I want to be able to tell you when I think I'm being taken advantage of, even when it's wrapped in this beautiful narrative of we're family. You know, and I, I'm, I really on the one hand talk about boundaries, but on the other hand we have a kind of a culture in which boundaries are there, but they're often so cr- crossed because we care, because we are family. Because That's how you, we justify. Yes, we yeah. justify. We have a whole way of basically constantly trespassing on the boundaries. So honesty is what specifically for both of you? I think you're in a great place, by the way, even the very fact that you're stating
3: it like this. So keep going. What is honesty for you in, in this?
4: I think I, I work hard and I like to be seen for the hard work. I guess that's that's a really important thing for me is getting, you know, working for the credit and then receiving the credit, um, never having anything fall through the cracks. Did you know? Did you see that I did that? Did you tell me you saw that you did that? Did you then tell me that you appreciated it? And I, f- and I feel like that, that's where I live, you know?
3: Um, okay, so what I would say to that is that I, I might not be able to catch everything that you do and recognize you for it. So if I don't, then don't take it personal because it's not intended to be personal. And why not? Because you don't do it for you. <laughs> is that why? I just threw that out. <laughs> is that why? No, what I was thinking is that because I'm doing something else and I might miss it, ah. right? Because I might be occupied with other then, things.
2: the same way that he needs to learn Spanish, you need to become more attentive. Yeah. Not just say, if I don't, don't take it personally. Fair enough. It's, I will try to be more attentive to this. Okay.
3: I'll try to be more attentive <laughs> to this. <laughs> this is also... Awesome. It's a
2: language, too.
3: Yeah, I get you it. You understand? Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's a
2: language, too. Now, of course, you will miss. And he doesn't always speak the language either. But it's different to say, if I don't do it, don't take it personally, versus, you know what? I get this is important, yeah. and I will make an extra
3: effort. Yeah. hmm So, okay. honesty? Uh... So I think for me, honesty is about, yeah, being able to say exactly what I need. Like, this is what I can do for this business, and this is what I cannot do for the business. Just like being able to like say that, and not be judged that I am not doing enough. Because mm-hmm. I think that's where I live. I'm not doing enough. I'm not doing enough. Um. Yours
2: is I'm not doing enough. His is, I'm doing so much, does anybody notice? (laughs) Those are the Mm sub-stories. Those are key pieces that color the expectations that you bring to relationships. I think that they carry you in your life as well. Generally, the same narratives that we bring to work, we bring to life, to love, to family. They circulate in the same way. See, and part of why you may fail to recognize what he does is because you're not even busy with the recognition. You're just busy with, am I doing enough?
3: Um, I think there is some sort of, like, shame thing for me that comes up in the recognition of it, right? Like, who am I to say, like, I've made it or... Or, like, this is really great. Yeah. So, anyway.
2: Um, I would love for it. No, no, don't jump over this so quick. <laughs> I think you're right on the mark.
3: Yeah, I don't know why. Do we know where that's from? I don't know where that's from. <laughs> Do you know where that's from? Okay. <laughs> uh, let me see if I can see it.
2: Um, it's usually from the historical back kitchen. Um, it's usually in La Familia.
3: <sighs> um, oh, gosh, I don't know. I mean, it, it's probably going down to, yeah, mom and dad's, you know, like, their breakup and the way that we were raised, you know. Yeah. Say more. Um, mom and dad were a couple but they were not married and then I was born and then he was kind of like playing around with somebody else and then he left mom and, and got this other woman pregnant and got married to that other woman so like he didn't choose us it was always them maybe this. That's what it is. Mm-hmm. So I've like worked hard enough <laughs> to show him or to show whoever that, um, that maybe they, that I was worthy enough to be chosen. Yeah. I think that's it. Yep. And I think I do that a lot.
0: Yeah. Can you
3: see it? Oh yeah. Yeah. I see it.
4: <sighs> I struggle with it as your partner because I see like so clearly what I've worry what I worry you don't see. In that, in that you have so much to be proud of and, and that you are so successful as a human being, not not, not, a, not even as a restaurateur.
2: You know to fight for the to recognition of your self-worth, but you don't know how to receive it. No, I don't. So this is the gift that awaits you.
4: <laughs> From the little bit that I know, because I'm not fully involved in everything, but it seems like there's a constant kind of it's like, a, like like you were saying, like the, like a TV show almost, you know, there, there's, there's drama and happiness and disappointment and all of this stuff going on at all times. It's like this, you know, it's, it's always never-ending.
2: How many seasons do telenovelas last? <sighs>
4: <laughs> this one's going strong. This one's been picked up for another, another season. It
2: depends. So what is this telenovela? She has a long history of disappointed relationships with men who let her down. And he enters a business partnership, realizing that he is the next man who has to prove to her on some level that he will not disappoint her like all the others have. And this is where the taqueria enters.
0: Esther Perel is a best-selling author, speaker, and host of the podcast, Where Should We Begin? To learn more about Esther Perel's world, to sign up for her newsletter, or to apply to be on the podcast, go to estherperelcom slash How's Work. How's Work is produced by Magnificent Noise for Gimlet and Esther Perel Productions. Our production staff includes Eric Newsom, Eva Wolchover, Destry Sibley, Alex Lewis, Kristen Muller, and our coordinating producer is Lindsay Rutowski. Our recording engineer is Noriko Okabe, and Damon Whittemore is our mix engineer. The theme song was written by Doug Slaywin, And the executive producers of How's Work are Esther Perel and Jesse Baker. We would also like to thank Nazanin Rafsanjani, Matt Lieber, Darian LeBeach, Courtney Hamilton, Kelly Rose, Nick Oxenhorn, Dr. Guy Winch, Paul Schneider, Thomas Curry, Shani Aviram, and Jack Saul.